top stories of the final week of 2021. Scott Morrison asks, what's in a name? Ghislaine Maxwell begins her life death sentence. And China versus Elon Musk. This is News Weekly, and I still can't believe you're listening to this freaking podcast. Hello, I'm Sammy Shah and welcome to News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. We're definitely all going to die news now. As we round the corner towards 2022, let's take a moment to look back at some of the key moments of this year just passed. Like that time last week when Prime Minister Scott Morrison made it clear he didn't think we needed a mask mandate by comparing it to sunscreen, proving he doesn't know how skin cancer or COVID work. Um, We don't have to mandate people wearing sunscreen and wearing hats in summer. And then basically, within 24 hours of him announcing that, here's Victoria's Deputy Premier and Hobbit stunt double James Molino. Face masks will be required in all indoor settings except private homes for persons eight and over. And within 24 hours of that, here's New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet taking time out of talking about living with COVID, something he talks about so much it's starting to seem like he and COVID have already moved in together, signed a one-year lease, and COVID's being introduced to his friends as his soulmate who totally gets him. As of, as of midnight tonight, we will be requiring that masks are worn in indoor settings. And if we go further back than one week, all the way back to, say, two weeks ago, here's Prime Minister Scott Morrison telling us he's got this Omicron thing under control. In dealing with Omicron, we are, uh, we are determined to ensure that we do stare it down and we don't go back. So how's that stare down going? Well, Victoria had more than 5,000 cases yesterday. Queensland is bracing for a jump to tens of thousands of cases in the coming weeks. Tasmania's had 92 cases now, and even WA is facing a surge in cases due to rogue backpackers. One is a close contact of case 1133, the backpacker, who was at the mess hall and has been in self-quarantine. The second case is a backpacker herself. Authorities don't yet know how she contracted the virus, Who's backpacking still? It's 2021. There's a global pandemic still going on. Put your fucking backpack away and settle down in a pit of despair like the rest of us. If you're so desperate to share a bathroom with some random guy from France named Gerard and contract STDs while having sex on a bunk bed, go to prison like an adult. So, all the states are seeing a surge in cases thanks to Omicron, but none as bad as New South Wales. That new national record saw 12,226 COVID infections in the past 24 hours. Don't worry though, Scott Morrison said he had everything under control, right? The line here at West Pennant Hills is absolutely huge. It goes for about three kilometres. It opened at around 8am this morning and closes at 12pm. But we've been told that at 11.15, what you see at that top hill will be cut off. So anyone that's behind that, which is about two and a half kilometres long, will be told to turn back. Some of these people have been waiting three to four hours this morning. And those queues aren't going to get any shorter because the alternative, which is using those rapid antigen tests, is no longer a possibility as everyone is running out. Australia's hesitant approach to adopting rapid antigen tests has contributed to a squeeze on supply, according to one of the nation's top manufacturers. Roche Diagnostics Australia has ordered 30 million rapid tests to arrive by 
March, but says they would have been here sooner if they'd been given the go-ahead much earlier. So just like the vaccines, the federal government didn't order the antigen tests either. No problem. Of course, Scott Morrison has a solution. A close contact is a household contact or household-like of a confirmed case only. It's brilliant. If we just change the definitions, then the problem goes away. Close contact doesn't mean someone you had close contact with anymore. Now it'll mean someone you basically rubbed up against for half an hour minimum. Testing positive from now on will just mean that your immune system is feeling upbeat and happy, positive even. And Prime Minister will now mean guy who does fuck all and is still rewarded for it. It's like that time they rebranded Coke to be new Coke and kept the taste the same. Or Facebook became meta to avoid further scrutiny. It's basically the solution a marketing guy comes up with. PR people understand this, but they can never execute it. If you don't like what is being said, change the conversation. If we're to learn from everything that's happened so far, Scott Morrison saying that close contacts are being redefined because Omicron isn't as dangerous means we're all going to die of Omicron pretty soon because it'll turn out to be insanely dangerous and even the lightest contact is enough. Look, he has his uses. You just need to know how to use him. That's all. It's good to be the Prince news now. Jurors finally handed down a verdict in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Maxwell was found guilty on five of six counts of recruiting and grooming teenagers and is expected to serve up to 70 years behind bars, or more likely a few days before accidentally on purpose cutting her own head off while brushing her hair. A unanimous jury has found Ghislaine Maxwell guilty of one of the worst crimes imaginable facilitating and participating in the sexual abuse of children. Ghislaine Maxwell's lawyer has said she will appeal the verdict. Obviously, we are very disappointed with the verdict. We have already started working on the appeal, and we are confident that she will be vindicated. Everyone, be healthy. Have a happy new year. Everyone be healthy sounds more like a warning to Ghislaine Maxwell than a sincere wish. The verdict might cause Prince Andrew to remember how to sweat again as his own case is heading towards trial, despite his lawyers attempting more and more desperate measures to have it thrown out of court. His lawyers filed a motion challenging the residency status of his accuser, Virginia Dufresne. They say Ms Dufresne is not a US citizen, so the New York court does not have jurisdiction over the case. The motion says that although, although she claims to live in Colorado, there is evidence she has spent most of the last 19 years in Australia. Dufresne claims the prince sexually abused her on multiple occasions when she was 17. So his current defence is basically that he couldn't have molested her because he remembers molesting an American while this woman is clearly now living in Australia. Sure. Meanwhile, in their coverage of the trial verdict, the BBC brought on as a guest Alan Dershowitz, who thinks the trial might actually help Prince Andrew. I think the most important thing, particularly for British workers, is that the um, government uh, was very careful who it used as witnesses. It did not use as a witness the woman who accused Prince Andrew, accused me, accused many other people, because the government didn't believe she was telling the truth. And so this case does nothing at all to strengthen in any way the case against Prince Andrew. Indeed, it weakens the case against Prince Andrew considerably 
Except the detail that he and the BBC left out is that the woman who accused Prince Andrew of sexually assaulting her when she was underage has also repeatedly stated that Alan Dershowitz also had sex with her at the same time. Oh, and another woman has also claimed Jeffrey Epstein forced her to have sex with Alan Dershowitz as well. And Dershowitz is notorious for repeatedly arguing that the age of consent should be 16 or lower. Oh, and if you don't think that's enough evidence that Alan Dershowitz is a grade A piece of shit, who the BBC should not have had on to discuss a trial he is directly involved with, here he is lying about Archbishop Desmond Tutu a day after the Nobel Peace Prize winner died. Point, I hope you don't mind if I do this. The world is mourning Bishop Tutu, who just died the other day. Can I remind the world that although he did some good things, a lot of good things on apartheid, the man was a rampant anti-Semite and bigot. Except Desmond Tutu repeatedly defended Israel's rights to its borders, criticized Arab countries for their attacks on Israel, and said there was a shared understanding of suffering between the Jews and Africans because both had been made to suffer for their race. So he was a critic of Israel, sure, but not up to the standards set by Jeffrey Epstein's former lawyer, close friend, and the man accused of sexually assaulting the same underage girl as Prince Andrew, Alan fucking Dershowitz. Right about now, Ghislaine Maxwell is realizing her problem wasn't all the child trafficking and sexual abuse she facilitated, it was not being born a royal while doing it. I don't know who I hate more in this news story now. China has taken time out of shutting down pro-democracy newspapers in Hong Kong, building concentration camps in the Xinjiang province, and making tennis stars recant their sexual assault claims to pick a fight with Elon Musk. China's launched an official complaint against billionaire Elon Musk, claiming it's now had two close encounters with his SpaceX satellites. The country's gone to the UN Space Agency, angry that its space station was forced to avoid collisions with Musk's Starlink internet satellites. So now, not only are you at risk of being run over by a self-driving Tesla here on Earth, but if you go to space, you can get run over now by a Starlink satellite. Basically, Elon Musk's entire contribution to humanity so far is coming up with new ways in which his machines can kill us all. On the other hand, there's something to be said about China talking about the US ignoring its obligations under space treaties, while China itself is completely ignoring its own obligations under Earth treaties. It's as the old saying goes, if you're a billionaire or a country with billions of people in it, look up at the stars so you can't see what you've done to the Earth. And finally, Prime Minister Scott Morrison took time out of his busy schedule of not doing anything to film a Christmas video in which he reminded us he's Australian, we're Australian, and this is Australia. I'm so grateful for Australia, to be an Australian, and for my fellow Australians. And of course, leader of the opposition, Anthony Albanese, was right there with a Christmas video of his own, with all the classic hallmarks of a Labour video, a complete inability to address reality and terrible audio quality. Australians have stood together, and now with our borders opening up again, we're getting back together, off the Zoom and actually back in the room with family, friends and loved ones. May the festive season bring you joy and may it be a sign of better times to come. 
And that's it for this week's edition of News Weekly, the final News Weekly of 2021. We made it, people, all the way to the end of this year. Join me in not one week, but two weeks, as I will take the first week of January off on holiday just for some break from some rest from the endless barrage of politics and news and then i'll return of course in two weeks time with the next news weekly for 2022 meanwhile of course you can head over to patreon.com slash sammy that's s-a-m-i-s-h-a-h and throw a few shekels my way to support this podcast and all the other work i do or if you want more content from me head over to the that's t-h-e-s-a-m-i-s-h-a-h.com where you can find my comedy albums podcasts articles um documentaries and a whole bunch of other stuff so in the meantime i hope all of you have a wonderful new year don't drink too much don't party too much just get some rest because god knows we're all gonna need it next year is a federal election save your energy if you can see you right back here in two weeks time on news weekly where we punch the news in the headlines weekly (laughs) 